Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to The Sherlock's Podcast, your guide to a more stylish life. Hello and welcome to Sherlock's Team Podcast with me, Heather Steele. Today I'm joined by Emma Bigger, Harriet Russell and Sherry Andrew. Hi everyone. Hello. Emma, what have you been um, up to? Saturday I went to see David Hockney. Oh, oh is that yeah, the, couple of weeks. the immersive yeah, really, one? Yeah, it's really... Yeah. Like, I just think those immersive experiences are such a nice thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was an hour, so it's not, you know, it doesn't yeah. take such a long time but you really like appreciate it when you're there so I took my kids to see that and they were so like obsessed like I was just looking at their faces and they were just like (laughs) but yeah that was great so um that was nice what did you get up to Heather I guess my we can highlight, if you can call it that, is that, yeah, on Friday night, I went to go see A Little Life at the theatre. Oh, I was, was about it? to ask. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was really, really good. So, yeah, reviews have been embargoed on it till tomorrow. So I've no idea what, like, the general consensus is on it because it only opened officially in the West End last week. I think I went to the third show because as soon as the tickets went on sale, I was like, right, I'm going. Um, and bought tickets but yeah it was amazing like the book you had a very specific experience with the book yeah yeah I read it I think it was during lockdown and I was only reading it at the weekends in sort of long periods of time I read it over three weekends and yeah it's obviously you don't want to go into too much I'm detail at the moment yeah, yeah. so I wouldn't Emma. give anything away anyway but yeah I don't think it's a secret that it's quite a traumatic yeah. read for anyone who hasn't read it it's about four main characters called Jude, Willem, JB and Malcolm who are all really good friends from university um and the story sort of begins in the 90s where they're all at uni together and sort of goes over the decades and how their friendships change and the relationships they have with each other but it mainly focuses on Jude who's this amazing fiercely intelligent lawyer but he's got a really dark past and the book is sort of gently probing into what happened to him and how that sort of shaped his how life did it compare the book compared to the so show? it was amazingly well done so James Norton's playing Jude and he's genuinely amazing like the things he has to do on stage I mean what a guy like what an actor like to have to do that every night it's um the play's three hours 40 minutes long there's eight actors in total and most of them are on the stage the entire time and they're even on stage during heart during the interval as well and also before the play starts and the main set is an apartment and even yeah when they're not acting and it's sort of everyone's talking in the theater that someone's cooking someone's painting Mm. like so for them it must be like a real intense sort of four and a half hours not even a break they left the stage for 10 minutes in the interval presumably to have a wee break but (laughs) yeah yeah, Yeah. but I mean it's not enough time to kind of switch Mm. off I imagine and I don't I guess that's half the point I think it would be very difficult to switch off Mm. from what's just happened is there a trigger warning on it um they give you pieces of paper uh, that say like and I also did get two emails before I went saying deals with difficult subject matters i think it's a 16 plus show anyway oh, okay. um 
But yeah, I've I've read that there have been people who walked out and stuff. Somebody fainted when oh I God. was there and two people near me left in the interval. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not going to say it's not for the faint hearted because it's, you know. Well, certainly it's if you've not, read the book, you'll know what's coming. Exactly. And if you haven't, it's not pleasant to watch, but it's not done in a gratuitous, gratuitous way. way yeah. Some people describe the book as sort of torture porn, but it's not. And it really, the way they deal with some of the most difficult scenes, especially towards the end, is like so sensitively done. And yeah, it was really, really moving. But I think there was a little tiny bit of me that just didn't connect in the same way as I did with the book. And I was speaking to friends afterwards. And I think it's just because I put a wall up because I knew what was coming at certain mm. points. I was just like feeling myself yeah. the entire time for things to happen but I went with my boyfriend who hadn't read the book and didn't really want to having seen my reaction to it and even going into the theatre he was a bit like why are we watching this <laughs> like I, I basically I had other friends who really would have loved to have come but I was like no you need to come you need to experience it so and I was how like, did no. he find the show he thought it was incredible it, like he's he... not a James Norton fan either I think because he watched McMuffia and thought it was crap and right. seen Happy Valley <laughs> but I think he was a bit like went into it very like let's see how this goes but he thought it was mm. amazing oh, uh, but he did have questions and I think that's my only criticism of it which isn't a big criticism but you know, the books, how many pages? 800 pages odd. It's a big door stopper. And even though the play's three hours, 40 minutes, there are so many things they couldn't put in. And a lot of those things were the sort of happier times or times where people are bonding with each other. And I think if you don't necessarily know all of that, it does just seem like it's just all the, the misery piled mm. on top of each other. And you might not get the sense of how close they all are and how relationships have been formed. So mm. you might... You sort of sit there thinking, why do these people even hang out with each other? Yeah, or maybe not quite as extreme as that, but you might be a bit like, how can all that bad stuff happen mm, without the lightness yeah, of it? But I understand why they've done it. But no, it's the staging's amazing. There are some people who are sat on the stage the whole time and considering some of the things that happen, mm. I mean, you'd have to be very brave to take those seats up, I think. Oh, you mean audience oh. members yeah. are on stage? Sorry, I'm with Yeah, you. we're on the stage watching the entire time. Harold, who's like the father figure for Jude, he's cooking throughout the whole thing, like literally cooking, opening mm. ovens, taking stuff out that went in raw. Like I'd never seen that on the stage wow, before so, so yeah it's really really well worth a watch if you can get tickets I'd say, say. Yeah. And you, is it hard do you know yeah it basically is sold out so I saw it at the Harold the- Harold Pinter Theatre mm-hmm. but they're now doing a new run that's going through to July I've got my tickets we did have slightly restricted view but they were 27 pounds each and I think that's they're all bad. going for 140 plus now wow. so yeah worth it if you can afford it I'd say it's, yeah I'd intrigued to see the reviews but it was genuinely incredible yeah wow that sounds like a real experience Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. yeah it was yeah it was yeah really really good oh, I'm Obviously. glad you enjoyed it because I know you, you yeah. yeah on Thursday we were all like <laughs> we a lot. I know I even I posted something on Instagram and I was like did you survive and I'm like yes I did I live to tell the tale but yeah. I don't I think it's because I put my wall up but no very very good I also went to the theatre last week wow. I haven't been watching much TV but um I saw a play called for black boys who have considered suicide I've read about that amazing and my friend went to see it originally two years ago 2020, 2021, sorry, and um, she said it was incredible, you have to go, hopefully they'll do a rerun, and they've just moved it to the Apollo Theatre, um, and without giving too much away, because I do think it's one of those plays that you want to go in a little bit blind, not knowing too much, 
So it's essentially six black men on stage. Again, they're on stage pretty much the whole time. And they are having like a group therapy session. And they're just talking about their experience of life and like relationships. Um, it covers a lot about uh, like black love and like being a black man in today's society and lots of issues to do with race. And But it's also very celebratory as well. Um, yeah, it, it felt very heavy at times. Mm. So they do talk about like themes of suicide mm. and depression, mental health, etc. Um, but a lot of it is really joyous and it's a lot of like six friends as well. Um, just like having a laugh at some points as well. So I really, I really, really enjoyed it. You, I left feeling like... I've learned some things and it felt very celebratory and also it felt like quite an important watch, um, particularly in this like, current climate that we're yeah. in. So yeah, I would highly, highly recommend. I think it's on until the, I want to say the 7th of May at the Apollo. So if you can still get tickets, yeah. definitely go. I really want to watch. Mm. I remember when it was out a couple of years ago and mm. everyone was really impressed with it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just mm. felt like such a, yeah, I was like, I'm really glad I've seen this, mm. this show mm. this week. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend. Emma, how about you? Um, I haven't been watching that much TV. I started watching um the Celeste Barber Netflix. Oh yes, Ooh. it's like very light-hearted yes. comedy. Yes, what's it called? Like not uh, wayward. Well, but... mania. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I, everyone knows her from Instagram, and you know how funny she is. But I'd never seen her in kind of like a mainstream acting no same um i mean it's very cheesy it's light-hearted it's a comedy it's just it's basically based on her she's a bit of a train wreck she leads <laughs> a very kind of hedonistic lifestyle and then it's about her kind of you know going in the other direction but um i'm a couple of episodes in it's kind of bingeable tv yeah. it's you know it's, it's easy at the easy. end of a working day yeah, yeah. exactly uh, but yeah, funny in bits, a bit cliche in bits. Um, but yeah, worth a watch. Harriet? I haven't really been watching anything good. Don't watch Great Expectations. It's dreadful. Um, <laughs> Is it? it oh, it's dreadful. It didn't appeal, even though it's got an amazing cast. Yeah. There's something about it that wasn't... It's it's a really tricky thing, isn't it? Because obviously a lot of the classics, um, more and more people are sort of finding them hard to relate to, mm-hmm. which I completely understand. You know, very often it's a not very diverse cast or it's um, not a very sort of well thought through story or you know it's sort of stuck in its old tropes I guess so I understand the need to kind of find a way to keep them as these like literary classics that can still be interpreted for Mm. modern audiences but I just don't know what they were thinking here like because they haven't really done anything that necessarily speaks to kind of broader themes of today Mm. they've just turned Miss Havisham who's being played by Olivia Colman into like an opium den madam (laughs) <laughs> and um, I haven't watched last night's episode, but apparently Pumblechook, who is a very sort of pivotal character, is getting spanked naked over a bed or something. And I'm BBC like, One. <laughs> but I suppose my point is they're like making stuff up mm, that like isn't in the yeah. book. And I'm just like, oh, there is a need kind of to sit, stick to the source material. Mm. And the most clever directors always find a way mm. to then update that for a modern audience to make it feel more relevant. This like is not the, the way true to do it, history no. of David Copperfield, which I think yeah. is one of the best sort of adaptations Absolutely. I've seen. Absolutely, I love that, and yeah. the way they did it with um, with the sort of colorblind cast. Yeah, didn't they? it was it was fantastic. And then you watch this, and you just think, the main thing I'm thinking is, how did Olivia Colman get this script like mm. across her desk and be like, oh, this is you know new and saucy. I think I'm going to do that. It's like mm. interesting. Did, I really wonder how she was convinced mm. into thinking that it would be received well because it's been received absolutely shockingly. Yeah. The, the reviews are oh, appalling. Dear. Maybe that was like a dream role for her to play. I, I don't think, know, it's quite yeah. 
Yeah, maybe she worried that if she didn't one. accept this script, it wouldn't come back around for her. Oh, mm. come on, it's her, though. She I can know, do it. Yeah. click you? her fingers now and surely you? make it happen. Um, oh, that's a shame. I mean, I'm interested if anyone leaves in the comments that they, they enjoy it for a mm. certain reason, because I'd be interested to know what they're enjoying out of mm. it. But yeah, I'm, I think I'm done. <laughs> it I'm seems like quite fair. a wintry show, like one they put on at Christmas or something as well. It's yes. such a weird time. How they could broadcast this over Christmas, I do not know. <laughs> I mean, that is it's no longer a family show, folks. Okay. And that's the shame. Like, Great Expectations one of my favorite books because i think it's got such an important moral Mm. message about money frankly at the heart of it which speaks to people on so many Mm. levels like our definition of wealth our definition Mm. of poverty what that really means like is it something you can quantify is it not um the lessons that we all go through with money um yeah it's just got those really broad themes and like now it's just been reduced to naked spankings it's like, okay. <laughs> anything you have been enjoying yes definitely um i'm a big po- podcast person yes. um i spend quite a lot of the time in the car and on trains and planes and stuff and um the one i re- listened to last week that i just thought was really really interesting was law roach on the cut which i think we've maybe probably covered this elsewhere like on the site or in yeah. or something but it's been a big story in it's been a big world. story yeah. so for anyone who's not familiar he is zendaya's stylist he does have other clients mm-hmm. priyanka chopra he's worked with a lot um but the sort of I guess the way he's known is because he styles himself as an image architect as opposed to a mm. stylist. And the reason he does that is because he says it's it's so much more than just like calling in a dress and getting someone to wear it to a certain event or like planning a press tour of outfits. He's like, the what I do with my clients is like, if they're at a certain stage in their career, I am brought in to like overhaul their wardrobe mm. and thus their image to actually help their career, not to just make sure they get on a best dress list like here Mm. and there or to make sure that they're not like um criticized at the Met Gala or something Mm -hmm. he's like it's it's a like years long process of like how do we up their profile through fashion as well as obviously all their work yeah well and this is what he spends a lot of like the early podcast talking about which I'll get to in a minute but the reason it's been a big story is because he has because he has styled himself in this different way image architect um he's attracted a sort of fair amount of praise and criticism Mm -hmm. for that because people say he's trying to turn himself into a celebrity by associating himself with these certain actresses Mm -hmm. and sort of sticking by their side like a limpet the whole time and Mm -hmm. what have you. Um, And he also explains in the podcast that that has caused issues with the teams that he's worked with through those celebrities because they're saying he asks for too much money he turns up to events that he's not actually invited to because wasn't that a few weeks ago that that was the clincher yeah so what happened a few weeks ago was he turned up to the louis vuitton show in paris with zendaya who i think is an ambassador for the brand Yeah. yeah and she had been given a front row seat they were late um and they were sort of filmed running into the show late and she took her seat quickly and then she's looking around because Law is standing in front of her. And it's clearly an issue of like, oh, there's no seat for him. And then she is seen gesturing behind her to a spare seat, as in sit behind me. Well, yeah. that's what the internet interpreted yeah, yeah, yeah. it as anyway, as in you're my stylist, you sit in yeah. the, like second or third row, not next to me. Yeah. He then the next day basically announced his retirement from the industry. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, he said that that interaction with Zendaya was not what it seemed. Mm. She was saying to him, 
basically I don't know where your seat is because that mm. one's for Darnell who is her assistant oh, right. um so she's saying no that's Darnell's seat yeah, like she I, did look a oh. bit confused it didn't look like she, to me when I watched it, it didn't look like she was like get that back yeah. no <laughs> yeah, well she did look a I bit don't know confused. maybe to the uninitiated eye there's possibly ways to read it mm. both ways he says he's put out a series of tweets saying you know industry love for Zendaya is is different to what she and I have this is yeah. a fake relationship she would mm. never treat me that way mm. she's also a woman of color so she completely understands like how that would make me feel so yeah. she would never do that um because so he the, then had to clarify didn't he that his retirement didn't mean that he wasn't working with Zendaya anymore it was well just... it's interesting because this is so I listened to the podcast yeah. the cut had done an interview with him really like in the 24 hours mm. after this announcement because I think everyone was pretty shocked like, yeah he's become a really pivotal figure mm. in fashion but there has been this kind of tension between like is he just trying to self-promote like where's the tipping point between mm. sort of being in service to someone else versus just trying to turn yourself into a celebrity and I think the idea of like celebrity stylist is interesting because mm. ever since Rachel Zoe kind of changed yeah. that game yeah what is it now, 15 years ago when her show yeah. came out, I think it's been a very different ball game. Yeah, mm. yeah. historically I feel hair and makeup, stylists, you know, that's kind of not a new all concept. All behind the scenes yeah. though. And now I feel like she started it and then people like Law have really put stylists like at the forefront, like mm. Kate Young and Rebecca Corbin Murray. Mm. Like these are all names we know and that you can follow on Instagram and mm. it's completely changed what a stylist is sort of seen as, particularly red carpet, mm. I think. Yeah, mm. I suppose it's the same with loads of different sort of industries. Like people know who the big publicists are mm. and stuff like that now, don't they? So I guess yeah. it's mm. and lots of the get reality media. shows yeah. and what have you, because people always want to know that like behind mm. the scenes of kind of gossip. Yeah. Um, anyway, the cut kind of got onto him quite quickly and said, "Let's have a sit down interview." And they recorded it for a podcast and then they wrote that up right. for the interview, which um, you can read online. But I would actually recommend listening to the podcast. I've done both, mm. and I think hearing him talk about these issues is really interesting. So, he what said, was he sort? Of, yeah, what were his? Well, main... he started by sort of clarifying that he's not retiring yeah. from the industry as a whole. He now wants to move into like creative consultancy roles. Okay which um, he wants to work with major fashion houses and talk about, you know, basically do his image architect mm -hmm. thing, but for a bigger platform. Got you. But the sense I definitely got from the interview was that kind of some of the criticism's been right mm. in the sense that he is looking to carve out a name for himself now. Um, but and that's not... okay. I know. Right. It's like, you know. yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny, isn't it? Because that whole sort of like, criticism of like stylists should stay behind the scenes what i've just said about rachel's own everything yeah. implies they shouldn't no. so like why is it him and that's the kicker actually yeah. is that he says you know a lot of people want to put him back behind the camera because of his race like it's not normal normal i hate that word but you know what i mean to mm. see a person of color sort of have this meteoric rise and it is meteoric because he talks about his childhood which is just unbelievably traumatic his mother basically just walked out on him when he was 14 and was mm. like support yourself kid mm. um and he lived on the streets and you know to think of someone who's in new york living on the street you know from someone to go from that position to like hollywood royalty yeah. circles working with possibly one of the most talented actresses mm. of our generation like mm. it's it's kind of unbelievable yeah. he just says like i'm never given credit for it yeah. yeah people are constantly like not giving me seats at shows mm. and he talks about this specific example with D you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Which is really interesting, which is um, he'd worked with Anya Taylor-Joy mm. quite closely on a series of looks. She's an ambassador for Dior, so he had to work with the house quite quite closely um, around the time of last year when she was promoting the menu and stuff. And she had turned up on several red carpets wearing immaculate Dior looks. I think she wore one to the Emmys, which mm. was unreal. And Dior put out an Instagram post like praising the look, like, we love you, Anya. You know, you're, you look immaculate in this look and like thanked everyone in her team, except and for Roach. Oh. And not he, a good look. Yeah. Mm. And well, and he says like, you know, there are hundreds of emails a day on these looks that we're mm. planning. It's, it's months of work. Like fucking, fucking yeah, call me out. Yeah. Like, you know, give me a shout out on the list of people that you're um, grateful to. But he, he is making the argument that a lot of the big fashion houses don't want to do that because they don't want to admit that they hand over quite a lot right. of the control to the individual stylist. Mm. He then says he has equal issues, not necessarily with Anya Taylor-Joy's team, but with teams in general, which is the publicists, the agents, they all get really cagey about like the fact that he's coming in as an image architect to like change their careers they see that as their domain. Right. And they're like, can't you just do the dress? And okay. then like, fuck off, basically. Yeah. And he's like, no, that's not what I do. Like, I come in and I form relationships. So he calls them the gatekeepers. He's like, every celebrity has a gatekeeper mm-hmm. and they, they won't let me in, basically. Oh, and again, he's putting it down to there's a race issue there. Mm. But there's also just like a personality issue. Like people are cagey about their jobs and cagey about their own careers. Mm. And he's really good at his job mm-hmm. and they don't like it. Which I think probably lots of people can relate to mm. in various careers. I'm not sure on that. I agree he's very good at his job. But the image architect thing, I can't do you yeah, not where subscribe do you, to it. As a fashion editor, what, what are your yeah. takeaways? I mean, I just, a stylist, I would say, is how you described helping he someone's does. career, yeah. you know. So I just think, I don't know, is it a bit of a... Well, it's interesting. I do think there's something in it, though, because some people have had such a style transformation. That's almost like part of their, like Harry Styles, for example. Mm. Would he be as popular or successful? I mean, he might be if he didn't wear these like. No, I totally agree. The image is everything. It's a massive part. Mm. I don't know the whole image architect. Well, and also his stylist label, basically. Mm. I don't get the impression. His stylist's a woman, isn't it? I can't remember her. Well, this is the whole point. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Harry Styles is so. Um, yeah. And it's because they obviously don't court the same mm. sort of limelight or attention mm-hmm. that Laura is, is hoping to court. I see. Now, and I think that's where people start to criticise him because they say, why do you need this validation when 
someone like Rebecca Corbin Murray. Yes, she has her own Instagram and yes, people know who she is, but she's not like on the red carpet all the time, like trying to get in the photo with them, mm, whereas right. Law is. I think he would argue it's it's because it's harder for him. Mm. As a black gay man, it's harder for him to get the appropriate thanks, the appropriate accolades, the gratitude from mm-hmm. the houses that we've just talked about. So he needs to muscle it and he needs to make like space for himself. And it seems mm. like Zendaya's been happy to do that as well. Mm. See it as like a collaboration. Well, there are rumours she's mm. now going to take him on as creative director of mm. her sort of team, which will be interesting mm. because that'll I be think, another level up. Yeah, hasn't she now got this exclusive brand deal with Louis Vuitton, I think, mm. so he can't have as much input, input. on yeah, what she's going right. to be wearing. So. Yeah. Maybe this is another And I think way. creative director to him, he talks about it on the podcast. Mm. So this is from his mouth, not not just like a general rumor, but he said, you know, that would see me in, in more important mm-hmm. meetings with her team, like I'd yeah. be treated more equally. And he said the big thing about Zendaya and why they have such a good relationship is she's always fought for him to have the right pay, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he's been on plenty of shoots where he finds out that he's making less than the makeup artist. And he loses a ship, basically, yeah. because he says, you know, makeup artists not to do them down. What they do is incredible. But there's a little bit of planning and then they come in and they do the job and they go home. Mm. There's not the months mm. and months yeah, and yeah. months that goes into like planning a press tour mm-hmm, of outfits, mm-hmm. which, you know, you can see his point with that. And then he finds out that he's making $5,000 less than the makeup artist. Personally, I subscribe to the idea that, yeah, I can understand maybe then why someone's being paid a little mm. bit more for the same job because mm-hmm. it's the experience on their resume that makes yeah. the difference. Yeah, that's the difference. So if you've got a makeup artist like, I don't know, Mary Greenwell mm. on that job and Law, who let's say 10 years ago wasn't that well known, I don't think he can get upset about that necessarily. But he's now arguing, obviously, that he's much more well known. Yeah. Mm. Then the publicists don't like mm. it because they say you're not the celebrity fascinating it's a really it's an, really yeah. interesting it is and obviously it all comes from his perspective yeah um thank you for breaking that down on that topic all of you if you had to pivot careers to something completely different Ooh. what would you do oh emma goodness. i'm obsessed with fresh flowers so i think i'd be like a florist yeah and oh. i'm like a gorgeous flower still shop. quite creative though. i mean yeah. still creative I have, so doing yeah that. i have that in the back of my head like Ooh, wouldn't it be nice but I'd it's be probably quite a it. cliche no, job no. to say but i just i don't know i just i love being surrounded by fresh flowers oh mm. yeah that's what i said harriet when i was younger i was in a performing arts school so i think i always thought i would end up on the stage in some way and in many many days i still have fantasies mm. of like being an actress but I don't know now I'm probably too self-conscious I don't think I could cope actually with the attention in another another world yeah another life maybe yeah that's a hard one actually I don't know it's really hard yeah I think same as you I might want to do something totally different Mm. maybe like be a chef in a children's school something very wholesome like oh you'd be great at that (laughs) I wish you'd been my dinner lady yeah oh a dinner lady yeah something like that yeah Yeah. I think that'd be really fun oh I I bet dinner ladies are way cooler than they used to be yeah definitely but I think also like you know there's a real push to get creative in the kitchen now at schools and Mm, like you know get the kids involved as well with what they're eating so it's probably quite oh I think I'd be like a pub landlady or something yeah it's one of those that would be such hard work and so I've got stressful. an amazing pub landlady called Jen who uh, works at the Hand in Hand which is around the corner from me and she's just incredible but I mean yeah it's a full-time job like mm-hmm. they live they used to live above the pub and now they live opposite like but it's still very close but yeah you're there all the time right until closing mm-hmm. and opening you know it's not just uh 
pulling a few pints here and there but Mm. I don't know I like that sort of pub as a sense of community I can just yeah see myself you know for the next 40 years just pulling pints (laughs) like yeah I think that would be my career pivot (laughs) could happen all of those could happen to be fair it will happen let's do it (laughs) right so I was reading this in ES magazine over the weekend the headline was the morning show and the idea is well the feature saying whether you kick off your day with a hastily gulped espresso or a maximal blowout, a few details can make the breakfast ritual a joy. So he's uh, the journalist Adam Brace talking about how he approaches breakfast, tells him how his day is going to play out until the caffeine kicks in. I'm in a dreamlike state, and he's basically saying if he doesn't put any thought into his morning routine, he can end up having a horrible a day, day. Versus if he's oh. like really mm. like right, let's go for it. Let's take time making a cappuccino or something. It feels like it can put him in a really good state for mm. the rest of the day. So I was just wondering if you guys had any rituals or routines or anything that you do that sort of sets you up nicely for the day. I definitely need a coffee <laughs> quite soon after <laughs> I wake up. Well, this How... is interesting because we were talking about this last week in the office, weren't we? I was saying that I've stopped drinking coffee oh, really? before I left the house because, <gasps> I mean, oh, okay, God. so disclaimer, I don't have far to come. I live in Wandsworth and I have to get to Clapham. Mm. However, the bus, my general journey in the morning does take over an hour. Tor wrote a piece for the site about morning routines, I guess. And there was a statement in there from an expert saying that it's not great if you have a cortisol driven metabolism, which I definitely do. It's not great to have coffee enter your system within the first 90 minutes of being awake. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I've cut coffee out, but I get it on the way to work. And then by the time I'm at work, I've sort of been awake for two hours. So Mm -hmm. it feels more ready. And I have to say, I do think it's made a difference. I'm exactly the same. Do you just feel... I just feel more level. Like I don't feel as like, first thing. And I I feel like if I'm at the bus stop and the bus isn't coming, I'll get really like, oh, God, you know. if I've had coffee before I've left the house because really? I'm already on edge. Whereas without it, I don't feel like it makes That's that much difference to mm. how I feel in terms of energy. Mm. And then when I get to work, I sort of have this boost to get stuck into the copy and yeah, it all kind of like yes. ticks along. Mm-hmm. And, and I also same? feel like it only mm. takes me one cup a day. Whereas if I'd had one at home, I'd probably then have another at the office. So it's just helped kind of bring mm. that down a bit. Wow. Yeah, I'm the same. I feel like if I have coffee before breakfast or anything really, um, I feel really jittery and a little bit on edge, which <laughs> is, it's not for me. So I have to have at least some kind of like porridge or mm. toast. Mm-hmm. I also eat before I leave. Yeah, yeah. But no. you're straight in there with the Oh my God. I'm the, like, the like you, Emma. <laughs> I wake up and I go yeah. downstairs, check on the kids and have a coffee. Yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah. I wouldn't, I'd take ages to get out of the house if I hadn't had my coffee I'd be mm. like ooh, putting my makeup on <laughs> like, n- no. but then you are getting up much earlier than I am yeah but, uh, but even so like I think yeah I've always needed a good mm. couple of cups before leaving the house sometimes mm. one on the train and then when I'm in the office two yeah. or three black coffees you up, like a bit of a tolerance or... I think so I will say as soon as I finish like you know I won't have any more coffee today like it's mm. what half 11 when we started this like, I'm done I for the day at mm. six o'clock could you see I, I go to sleep 
Yeah. I can't do that. I can't do that. I used to be able to when I was much younger, but not But even like on nights out back in the day when you'd have something like a rum and coke or something like that, I couldn't because I'd be like in bed like that. (laughs) Because the caffeine had affected me. Alert and drunk. Yeah, like (laughs) (laughs) rolling into uni the next day. Cool. So we've been talking for ages. So we've got time for some very quick fire questions from our lovely readers. Emma, thank God you're here. Um, <laughs> is a leather jacket trendy or timeless? I can't decide if I should mm, get one. That's such a good question. Mm. That is a very good question. I think it depends on the shape. So you don't want to go for anything too fitted. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, the classic biker is quite a fitted shape. So yeah. it can look quite dated. So you want to go for something a bit looser, a bit more oversized, like everything is at the moment. But... Yeah, or a leather blazer. I'd probably yeah. go for a leather blazer. Yeah, but you know, I think I think an oversized biker is a cool is a cool, cool thing. Are, yeah. are there any places doing those particularly well right now? Arquette have a really good leather blazer, and so do Karen Millen and Cos have got really good. Re- they've got like little cropped um, leather jackets at the moment, which are again a different silhouette and a different style but they feel quite modern and quite new I think Amazing. I feel yeah. like I've seen like various people in the office wearing leather mm. leather jackets yeah. and blazers and they all yeah style completely differently mm. but all look really cool yeah. have you got one Sherry I actually do I feel like I can really... see you in a leather jacket <laughs> it's too tight now oh. I've had it for like 10 years I'm like oh it's just a little bit like I'd like it a bit like a bit two sizes too yeah. big yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got this cool one from one. H&M it's not actually real leather it's faux leather but it does make it more affordable Clever. and it, have you seen it it's got like that big chunky zip out the front and then it's oh, got I that big collar that. on it yeah. oh yeah that, that sounds cool. fun yeah, the two yeah, 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 yeah. So they look nice a bit like those Jane and Tash ones yeah they do look a bit Jane and Tash like yeah they're slightly no I haven't worn it yet well because it's I wore my cake coat the other day which I got like two years ago and haven't worn because every time I keep saying to Charlotte like the shoulders on it are quite exaggerated and I just feel like it's really fashion Mm. so like and that's (laughs) sometimes it's who I am sometimes it's really not who I am people always say describe your personal style and I'm like schizophrenic <laughs> that, am I allowed to say that um because I genuinely I do wake up on some days and I cannot be asked yeah the days I'm like really into it yeah um so I wore the cake coat the other day and Charlotte did assure me that the shoulders did not look ridiculous like yeah. I was some sort of linebacker but I sort of feel the same way about this jacket <laughs> oh, no, I'm like it's it. gonna be it's I a think, statement piece I yeah, think that's yeah, so wearable, though, yeah. That it is quite wearable yeah. so yeah after mm. once the weather is warmer too yeah I'll uh, mm. yeah I have to crack it out amazing Right, Easter coming up this weekend, four days, can't wait, hope the weather holds. Easter cooking tips for a main, has anyone got any ideas? We don't really do Easter food, so I'm not not. really the person to come to. Do you do like traditional Easter food? Yeah, we're going to do Nigella's leg of lamb with anchovies, which is really nice because the anchovies just sort of melt Melt into into the lamb and give it a nice sort of umami, salty Mm. yumminess. But what I was going to say actually, again from Mira Soda's book, She's got, it's basically like a roast chicken, but you just smother it in loads of like curry paste Mm. and stuff and do it with um, roast potatoes. But they then take on a bit of a Bombay potato Mm -hmm. sort of vibe, I suppose, because of all the spices. But yeah, I think that I'm going to make that one Sunday soon Mm, as something a bit different because it's a bit curry, but a bit of a roast and Mm. like nice fresh veg. Fresh coriander. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I like I like the idea of that. Sherry, nice. any ideas or Ooh, anything that you definitely. might be cooking this weekend? You're a big cook in your house, aren't you? Mm, well, I can be both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mum is a great cook, though, so she'll be doing... Actually, you know, I'll, I'll probably help her this weekend. You'll be the sous chef. Indeed. Um, so 
Easter roast lamb on the nice. Sunday, obviously. Always. And then my favourite is the fish on the Friday. Oh, yeah. We have it quite yeah, traditional. That. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they do have a deep fat fryer, so that's the one time my dad gets to use it. <laughs> some calamari, honestly. Good one, Friday one fish. <laughs> <laughs> Not very good cost per use. Um, but some calamari, and then we like to do like a baked fish, like a trout or something. Oh, nice. Quite fresh. Mm. If it's if it's warm, like get your barbecue out. Why yeah. not? Yeah, why not? Do a bit of, you know, barbecue on the, Grilled. sorry, fish on the barbecue. Yeah. Grilled yeah. mackerels. Something yeah, like exactly. That. Anything. Nice. Mm, really good. Emma, any? Uh, Will you well, be baking am, or anything? I am cooking lunch on Sunday, nice. but I haven't even thought that far ahead. So <laughs> all these coming. tips are amazing. Oh. Nigella's um, lamb with anchovies. It will be eight, ten in total. Oh, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. Oh, nice. So I need to come up with a menu pretty oh, yeah. sharpish. <laughs> but I like the idea of the uh, Indian roast. Finally, someone has said, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? Oh, I wish I'd had a bit more fun in my 20s, I think. I think I was very anxious and I think I was very, not in a strict sense of yeah. like having anxiety. I just mean I was concerned and worried a lot about like, what I was doing after uni, first mm-hmm. jobs, how can I perform in this job? How can I work myself into the ground to like prove myself? Yeah. And obviously a lot of that did pay off and I wouldn't advise against not working hard in your twenties, but I sort of wish I just loosened up a little bit and enjoyed being 23 yeah. because I look back now and I think I'm 34 and I think I'm never going to get that energy back. I'm never get that. I'm going to get that like lack of responsibility back. Yeah. Mm. And it all feel, I think it's very common in your thirties to feel like you've wasted your twenties, which is not as extreme as I feel. No. But mm. I would just say like, it's not babe. Yeah. No, I think that's very good advice. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd probably, yeah, say something a bit similar, like obviously work bloody hard. And I think also not just that, but be prepared to try different things. I suppose mm. you don't necessarily have to go down one path. You can sort of jump around to finally end up doing what you want. Like, I'm mm. doing what I wanted to do now, but I sort of was taking different paths to get there, like dabbling in music PR mm. and working yeah. for record labels. But then it, I still ended up doing what I wanted to do. Oh well, yeah, that's such a good point. I'd also say to my 20 year old self, all your friends who have gone like into banking and are earning a mint at 24, they're miserable. So yeah. don't envy them. Yeah, like, yeah. You're doing your thing. And yeah. by the don't time you're yourself. 30, everyone will envy you. So yeah, mm-hmm. or it, just, it. it can it equals out a bit, doesn't it? I yeah. suppose it's hard in your 20s. You sort of, the compare and despair thing is yeah, quite high. Yeah, it's so right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Emma, what about you? Um, I'd probably say, I, I'd probably be the opposite to you in your 20s. <laughs> I was <before. laughs> Like, I did. Yeah, I, I should have been you. Yeah, I should have yeah. risked it. <laughs> I'd probably say just to do more traveling. I yeah. feel like there was so mm. much time at university where I could have, like, you know, taken a summer to go somewhere amazing. And I guess that ties into though being a student and having to work. Mm, so of course mm. it's kind of, but I think do do a bit more traveling yeah. like mm-hmm. when you had the chance. Sherry, any final, the final person, the final Ooh. sage? If I, okay, 20 years old, I would say don't feel pressured into getting into like a really serious relationship. Mm. Be single, yes. have fun, like spend as much time with your girlfriend mm-hmm. as possible. 100%. And yeah, just like live your life. Don't, don't be weighed down yes. by... I will say anyone that's yeah. <laughs> don't be weighed down by any like negative relationships yeah basically. that's good not yeah. that I was really yeah. but, no, but yeah. no. it's good that's, to be single I think when you're that age you think you have to have a boyfriend yeah you exactly have to be yeah and it's like, no, just yeah. be single for as long as you can. And also re- recognise that relationships sometimes in, at that age, they just have a season. Yeah, mm, I remember sure. I was with my boyfriend for like five years and I was devastated when we broke up. But I sort of am more sanguine about it now. And I yeah, can look course. back and be like, you know, we were there for each other mm. at the time. And like, it's probably quite unlikely that we were going to 
stay together yeah. and grow in exactly the same direction. Yeah. Like, what are the chances? I mean, that's okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Basically, don't fret too much. You're still young. You've got loads of time. So, yeah, enjoy exactly. yourself. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thanks, girls. I think that's all we've got time for. Uh, thank you very much for watching and listening. If you've got any questions, please do email us at podcast at Shilux. We love hearing from you. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.